Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. You look to your friends. There's only a couple guys in the whole world that make me love pro wrestling, and you're one of them. You know all the bad shit you've heard about us? It's all true. But another thing that's true is we love professional wrestling, and that's why we're here. I'm not sports entertainment anymore. Talk to them, kid. This is our new beginning, and it starts tonight. A new day is dawning for DX. Welcome to Xbox One Two Three Hundred and Sixty, everyone. I'm your host on Xbox Waltman, and I'm really excited about our guest today. He has a fight coming up this Saturday on Spike TV for Bellator. Uh, he's going to be fighting uh, with the, the axe murderer Vanderlei Silva. Uh, that would be Chael Sonnen, and we're going to be talking to him a little bit later. But uh, we're also going to. Uh, talk a little bit about money in the bank because uh, that was a uh, that's that's a hot topic for discussion right now with mm-hmm. the controversial finish of the women's money in the bank match and everything like that. But first, uh, I'm just gonna go around the room and say what's up to my man Jimbo on the couch. What up, Sean? How are you? You know, man. Living life. Yep. Another day. This is second take on this opening, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I can't lie. Uh, can, never, and, uh, can never let stuff just be behind. I, know, I can't do it, man. I can't do it, you guys. So, uh, okay, uh, next Jimbo uh, returning uh, after last week. We have Denise Salcedo. What's up, Denise? Hey, you can make me laugh with that whole second take there. I was like, what's going on? Hey, yeah. We don't BS around here, man. I, I tell it. it like it is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, join us again on the end of the table here is uh, one of my favorite people to have on the show from Upbox with Spandex <laughs> my man Bill Hanstock what's up Bill wow I can't wow I'm blowing me away yeah. with that uh, I'm just telling the truth oh, man so love awesome. having you on I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here I, I love anytime you ask me to come on and I'm always happy to be here uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Sunday Motel and I just want to give a shout out to Lulu on the floor snoring it up once again yes she is <laughs> Lulu she's awesome and on your right is the lovely TK Trinidad What's up? I'm good. I know. How are you doing? I'm awesome. That's going to be amazing. So get, exciting. Getting ready to go to uh, England in the morning. Hopefully, we can get this <laughs> one right. I can actually make it there for the show. Going for Preston City Wrestling. Um, and I got to just say real quick, um, thank you to them. Because when all that stuff went down with the, you know, with the arrest and the, you know, big meth trafficking uh, <laughs> stuff and, you know, all that a lot of people canceled on me, and I totally get it, and I understand. I don't blame them, but there are a few promoters that didn't. One of them was APW in San Francisco, uh, and uh, and also uh, PCW, Steve Flutter and PCW in, in uh, England. And so I don't, I never forget that kind of thing. So I'm very grateful to these guys. 
So, hey, I just figured, well, we just figured that we'd get right into uh, talking about money in the bank. Yeah. You want to do the kickoff match? Well, I mean, uh, do you want to go through the whole thing? Like, no, or do you just I just want to talk about the, the ladders match. What's yes. the What did you enjoy? I mean, I, I think overall as a pay-per-view, I expected more stuff with the ladders. That would yeah. be my big knock on the entire show is I wanted more ladder Ladders, spots. okay. I guess uh, even in the women's match, like the simple like Terry Funk helicopter with the ladder around the head taking everyone out or sandwiching someone between the ladder. I thought for a Money in the Bank pay-per-view, the yes. big spots that stuck out to me were AJ hanging off the briefcase yes. mm-hmm. and then Kofi's trust fall dive, which wasn't even in the Money in the Bank match, and Charlotte's flip. But that oh, wasn't that was even amazing. off a ladder. It was off the turnbuckle. Yeah. So. The thing is, is here's what you have to uh, be mindful of uh, when you're doing these. Is Okay, Money in the Bank, it used to be just, okay, at WrestleMania there was one Money in the Bank match. Now that's a pay-per-view and they have more than one. Okay, you can't go out there in the first match and do all the good spots. You know, you got to know your place on the card. So, I mean, as far as that goes, that's that's one reason why there probably wasn't some of the spots we would have hoped for like early on because really that was the first match right yeah mm-hmm. i mean that was the first match on on the paper and it was the first woman's money in the bank yeah. so everyone was all eyes on that and from know? what i from what i saw it was a it was it was a good match yeah i enjoyed it yeah what did you guys think yeah i thought it was a good match um it's a, which we're going we're to talk about it in a second, but it's it's a bummer that they had that finish. I think because of the fact that they had that finish and they knew that they had a chance to deflate the crowd and lose the crowd, they held they held back from the women's ladder match for that reason, yes. and for also the reason you mentioned, you can't burn yeah. the crowd out in the first match, and you can't mm-hmm. you can't give away everything they're going to see in the main event in the first match too. Yeah. You gotta. So I think that they held all their cards close to their chest and they said. This finish could really ruin people, like ruin the crowd, or yes. for, for at least a part of the the show. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to put everything in the kitchen sink out there if that finish has a potential to kill the whole crowd. Because hmm. because it's like like imagine if if the, the the TLC match at WrestleMania with the Hardys and the and Edge and Christian. Yeah. Imagine if that had had as anticlimactic a finish. Yeah. You wouldn't be talking about the rest of the match. Correct. <laughs> Yeah, but okay, so it just makes me wonder, like, uh, if that's if if you know there's a risk of this thing killing the crowd, like, why do it? Okay, let's just get right to it, Bill. Let's I, get I, right to it, you guys. I, 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 I like the finish. You I, thought, I did. I thought it was clever, and now everyone's talking, talking about, about Carmella. Yeah. Sure. Carmella think- went from being someone who is on the wayside of like, yeah. well, she's just another girl kind of getting lost in the shuffles, and she has been separated from Enzo and Kaz. She's not doing what she did in NXT. That this put her top level now you're a certified bad person right okay all right i think that i personally didn't like the finish just because it was the first woman's money in the bank and i know that right before this match i was like man these women have so much pressure on them right now and you know the match was okay for what it was but i think that it could have been better and i mean obviously compared to the men's money in the bank it was amazing like i cannot praise that match enough Mm -hmm. but for this one i think that the finish was cool it was different it got people talking but why do it in the first one where it could have been the second woman's money in the bank, the third, the fourth, what what have you, you know? So um, I think I would have liked it better had uh, Ellsworth carried Carmella up to the top because I would have yeah. gone with their gimmick and it would have been like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I can see it. But 
I know what they were going for. I can here. see that getting effed up. In yeah, that exactly. hot second yeah. too. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely I agree with you. I wasn't really I, I didn't feel the ending, but given the st- overall storyline and how they played out in SmackDown, yeah. it makes sense. It's like the stuff that we you know feel emotionally. There's you know writers and everything, um, so I, I didn't like it, but it makes a lot of sense. And I'm actually more uh, apt to like watch it the day of, see everything's going on SmackDown, how it all tra- how it all plays out. Yeah, I think that what happened on SmackDown was mostly damage control. Yeah. The, the sense I got of how it played out. Yeah. Especially after that amazing promo that Carmella cut to open up uh, SmackDown. Mm-hmm. But I, I, so I understand the argument of, you know, you've got to do anything you can to get heat. Especially because I've been feeling for months that Car- Carmella's been killing it in the ring, been killing it on the mic, got a great act with Ellsworth yeah. and, and herself. But for whatever reason, the crowd just didn't give a crap about her for whatever reason. And, and, and it was really frustrating to me as a fan and as, as someone who understands what wrestlers go through that, like, man, she's doing some of the best work of anyone on either roster, but the crowd just won't react to her. Mm-hmm. So I, And you under- can't, and you can't, I mean, you can't take a wild guess? No? Because I, I, like, I'm having a hard time to... So, some people are blaming the, the anticlimactic, uh, like the anti-pop of her theme, but I don't buy that. I think her theme's fine. But I just I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I think I think it's part what Daniel Bryan recently talked about this past week about how WWE superstars need a change in how they're presented because yes. people people get to know these people and care about these people in NXT and then they come up to the main roster and on TV they're treated as well. You should already know their story. Yeah. So we we're just going to show you matches of them. We don't need to show you vignettes. We don't need to show you backstage segments like the Roderick Strong thing or, you know, the Chad Gable sure. and Jason Jordan, how they got together for months in, in NXT. We just are supposed to accept it. But the vast majority of people who watch it on TV don't watch NXT. So they yeah. don't know these characters. So they're not going to react to Carmella when they don't know anything about who Carmella is. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I, I, there's, I mean, there's not enough time in, in the show to, to get in-depth with it, but there's got to be a, a way. You know, sure. and uh, like, hey, if you want to know more, like, go like, you know, on your phone and, and yeah. it, it, you know what I mean? Some kind of an interactive thing. Yeah. They but used he... to do that picture in picture stuff, but it didn't get over quite as well as people had hoped. Right. Yeah. And I it, love and it, that, though. Yeah. No, I liked it, too. But it also involved shilling the, the app. At, yeah, in every right. segment, it's like, "Hey, you're missing action yeah. if you don't have the app." And then yeah. people are like, "We don't want the app," and it just went on from there. Yeah. And, and the, the the trouble with the, the second screen experience is most people's second screen experience they're already having it. They're right. already on right. Tweet Deck or they're already on you know social media or whatever, already talking about it. They don't need another app to. Worry and do you about. think those people actually do know the characters well? The ones that are doing the second think, screen and all that—half and half. Wow, yeah, really? Yeah. Maybe they could do almost like a breadcrumbing, where like you know, um, you have the the person, and you might do like a little snippet or a little vignette before they are about to perform, yeah. like they do in sports. Yeah. That is now you're kind of doing the story bit by bit as time progresses. Yeah. So now you get I know, to know they them. do well, that on like... American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. But, but that's how that's how you always use like. No one would ever show up on like in the, the 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 new generation or even in the Attitude Era. No one would ever just show up on TV without six weeks of being without, without, and then you get six <laughs> weeks of and, yeah. and, and, and then he yeah. shows up yeah. and you're like, what? what the Rick Flair couldn't even take a break without I was, getting six weeks of him in a retirement I, home. I like. think I might have been the first guy back in that era that was that was introduced without vignettes. That's what I'm saying though, because like. Unless you're a person that has been a huge part of this other major TV show that just as many people are watching that's coming over now, yeah. it's not going to work. Yeah. Like, Maria Kanellis coming back works because it's like, oh, hey, we watched her in this company for six years. Mm-hmm. We know See, who she I is. was I, I was somewhere else when, when she was in 
WWE before. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what year that was or... Or, I mean, that's like the thing. 2002 to 2009. Or okay, like that. that explains it. <laughs> <laughs> that explains it. But so, so I get the I get the argument of like, do anything. A heel's got to do anything a heel can do to get heat. Yes. and it worked. And they yeah. got a huge reaction, and they got a huge reaction on SmackDown. People are reacting to Carmella now. Mm-hmm. I get that. So I understand the argument. However, every woman that I know who watches wrestling, and every woman who I respect who saw this finish, yes, are upset about it. And as someone who tries to be a good ally, I tend to try and listen to these women. So it's like, oh, if you're offended by how this played out, that's probably the right reaction. Really? Yeah. So you think it's like a good, so you think that them being pissed is is a, like, a good being pissed or the wrong kind of heat? Wrong kind of heat. Okay, that's why I was confused on what you were saying there for a second. Yeah, because like you were saying, like, they played, they hyped this match, they sold this match Mm -hmm. as... This yes. is historic. Women are making history. Yeah. And then the finish of the match was a woman doing it. It felt a, a like they took a big giant crap yeah. on it, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Nice. Jerry Lawler feels the same way. He went out today and he said he didn't like the way that... And that here's happened. the thing. Like, okay, we can blame anything we anyone or like point fingers, but really the, when it comes to these things, it's <laughs> Vince McMahon. That's that's where the buck stops. Because, I mean, uh, that's, just the, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will almost guarantee you, I'd almost bet both my testicles that... They're uh, grapefruits? Yeah, they're not grapefruits, trust oh, me. Sometimes... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're a little oh, smaller. <laughs> oh, we're getting to know but, each other here. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, whatever, I lost train of thought on that one. Anyway, nobody wants to know how big no. my nuts are. <laughs> so you think Vince made the call for... Of course he yeah. did. Yeah, of course he did. Nothing like this is. Uh, well, you can get Road Dog back on the show again next week and find out. Why do you think? Well, I mean, he will tell you the same thing. Why do you think Vince would make that call and not have the faith in the women to handle this all on their own? Because without? that's what Vince thought was the right thing to do sure. from the way Vince looks at things. And do you think he sees the reaction of Carmella trending on Twitter for two days and is like, "See, I, I made the right call." Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't you, don't you think also that Vince? Vince, the way that Vince looks at things, and I don't know him, but but my question to you is, do you think that the way Vince looks at things is just, well, we'll get a reaction, what will get heat, and not, is this the politically correct thing to do, or is this is this is this responsible to do, or is this, uh, am I thinking about taking people's emotions into consideration? I thought it was kind of funny just now when you mentioned Vince McMahon and political correctness in the sure. same sentence. That was pretty good. Uh, pretty good, Bill. Bill Hanstock from Up Rocks with Spandex. By the way, I'm sorry I didn't give you an introduction it's earlier. Okay. <laughs> they, got, they got the lower third. It's fine. Oh, boy. Um, so, go ahead. Do you think if Carmella were to win outright, there would still be um, like heat? Because when I think of that, when I think of all the other ladies, to me, it's just like, I wouldn't have pegged her getting the money in the bank. Me neither. That was Charlotte all day long, yeah. as far as I was concerned. Well, don't you think that there's a, a lot of ways that Carmella could have won that match by cheating that would have gotten her? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it could have been involving uh, Ellsworth, but him just not actually climbing the ladder and mm-hmm. getting the damn briefcase. Well, look at look at uh, the first uh, the women's championship match at WrestleMania 32 mm-hmm. when Flair held Sasha's leg so she couldn't be a part of the finish. Yeah, I and I like that. To me, that's I like that. You know that I I think that something like that would have been just fine, mm-hmm. and we would not we wouldn't be well then again we wouldn't be talking about it right now would we? <laughs> I, th- I think when we get the rematch on uh, next week, 
it's gonna Ellsworth is gonna be on the controls for the briefcase and <laughs> lower it down so that Carmella can get it. Huh. Something silly like that where he's still involved, but it's he's not in the picture. Hey, anything else on the show you guys want to talk about? That main event though, it was incredible. <laughs> that moment between AJ and Shinsuke, like I honestly, during that moment, I was like, this needs to be a WrestleMania yeah. main event because this is just, I don't know how you guys felt, but the crowd was electric during sure. this point. And just seeing them, there's no one else that could, between Shinsuke and AJ, that can go at each other at that speed and really stay up at, like, stay up in that level. Yeah, so having them both go together in that moment, I was just like, thanking the Lords for that, <laughs> that moment. Honestly. Yeah, it was a great moment. I love the way it was shot how you saw Shinsuke set up the ladder and then when it went wide and you saw AJ was there and then they both pushed the ladder aside and went nose to nose. Yeah. Beautiful. And, like, uh, this is a movie. And, okay, so Baron Corbin. Love mm. Baron Corbin? I do too. I, I'm, I'm high on Baron Corbin. Love Baron Corbin? Don't think he needs some money in the big briefcase. Neither do I. I, I, he, I, I think he was going to be a main eventer on SmackDown by the end of the year regardless of whether he won, won that match. I don't think he needs it, especially with a heel champ right now. Right. I know, I know, who knows how long Jinder is going to be the champ, but well, what do you expect? Like, okay, not to, not to jump around, but I will anyways. Him coming out during uh, during the title match. Well, I thought on that TV. was wait, what Corbin, 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 yeah, Baron Corbin. Oh, I'm thinking of something else. Sorry, he he, he did it. Yeah, that was that was a little weird because considering the alignment of everyone, but yeah, it, it's it was a. He wasn't on the show otherwise, so it was a good spot to remind people that he he has a thing. He he's the Mister Money in the Bank, and he wants to really take pleasure in the fact that he can play mind games with people. Because yeah. when his music hit, it got a huge reaction, mm-hmm. huge reaction. So, yeah, good. Okay, going backwards again sure. a little bit. Hey, we're talking about me here. <laughs> so, I I was I was. Um, what do you think of how how'd Lana do? Uh. I, I thought so too. I wasn't expect. <laughs> I, here's the thing, you know, like I, I don't know if you know if you've heard me say this before, but I don't think she should be wrestling at all. That's just yeah. my opinion, and, and she wants to. Uh, she did a lot better than I thought she was going to do. Um, I don't know. I. I think she did better than a lot of us. A lot of us might have expected yeah. her to. I mean, she pulled the basics down in the ring. She looked great. She's got charisma. She's got personality. So, I mean, I think if she continues to train and continues, we could see a little bit more out yeah. of her. And I think people are really behind her. I thought it was weird that her entrance is probably the thing she's perfected the most <laughs> and had the most practice on. And that when her entrance, like she's getting to the ring, they're like, let's cut to this video package of telling you the story of how it built up to this match. And it just cut back to her and she's in the ring and yeah. her, her gown's off. It's yeah, like, wait a minute. Yeah, I was wondering we didn't get to see where... like her awesome dance or yeah. taking yeah. off her gown or anything. Because like... that's what I thought when she was walking out. I was like, okay, I know she's not wrestling in this. So how? So I kind of saw, I saw like a little zipper. But the whole, th- I, I, for the pay-per-view, and, and I know as far as women's concerned, there's not a big pool. It just, it was, it was underwhelming. And then the screams, it reminded me of Summer Rae and I just, I, I just feel like if you're gonna be a badass chick, then you just be a badass chick and beat the crap out of somebody, and then you know take that out. The one thing that I will say about the matchup itself is that I don't think um, either one of them have enough experience to be working with each other on a pay per view. Oh, okay, like a veteran and a yes. 
mean, Naomi's super athletic, but she yes, still but doesn't she's have still the, green. to carry her. Yeah, she's exactly. green as can be, and both so uh, both of them are. And you can overproduce a match all you want, but once they once they get out there, it's on them. And um, and so I mean, that was noticeable to me. But like besides that, I, you know, I thought she did. I thought she did a. Um, I know she did a good job, but. You know, we good. it's just good. Good isn't good enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I think like like we all said, she did better than I think most of us expected. Yeah. Um, and I'm also I'm happy for Naomi that she's getting, she's getting that that spot that chance to yes. be like carry this match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like you said, maybe she's not quite to that. She spot yet. needs to be carried <laughs> still, and not, nothing against her. That's just where she is still, and you know, in her career. Yeah. Um, so hopefully no I, offense is taken. I'll never that. say a crossword about Naomi, but uh, I, I was I was happy for both of them that they got this spot. But yeah. you know, it, it was what it was. I don't think anyone expected the world from it. Yeah. Is anybody excited to see it again next week? <laughs> I kind of think they should throw uh, Lana in. Well, no, no, this match is is there's a rematch well, of, of this exact one next week. Yeah, I know they're doing the rematch, but I kind of I I, I know there's storyline also this stuff. But I almost want to see um, Lana do the money on uh, the ladder match. I want. I, I agree with that too. That would have been a good twist to it. But I know now Naomi doesn't have anybody to to wrestle. Against, I wish so. they would have just put her in the la- in the money in the bank match in the first place, so they would have had her during the build up. Because like of all the women that um, once they get the mic, mm-hmm. you know, like. You know, there was too many women that that are that can't rock the mic out there. Sure. You know, so really it was Charlotte and I think I don't know Becky. who else. Becky did great. And that yeah. was it. And that was it. Everyone else like waiting for their lines. Yeah, please, please get you know, cut the mic off. But <laughs> I, it's too bad that we know Lana so well at this point, and we know that she's a mastermind. Yeah. Uh, as a character, as a person, because it would be it would be pretty pretty hilarious with this new like dancing gimmick to have her be sort of like an oblivious. Like you know, like doing her whole routine, like every while while everyone else has the money in the bank ladder match behind her, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like the dance she did at her wedding, just while the match is going on. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be amazing. What? Um, okay, so what else is? Uh, what? Uh, anything else? Enzo yeah. McCaz split up on Raw. Yeah, on Raw. Yeah, I watched it. What do you think? Going. Did you? Uh, I would have done it differently. I would have just. I thought it was a little bit drawn out. This the segment, especially for a go home like. I mean, did you guys know it was coming? Yeah. I, I had a feeling sus- it was. Suspicious. And, 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 okay, it was really weird because they bring all these suspects out, and then, you know, um, all of a sudden they go to this video footage, and they come back, and they're all out of the ring. They're all gone. <laughs> you know, big show, and mm-hmm. who, who was the other suspect? Revival? Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't, I just, I don't understand what that was all about. Well, like... Uh, Brandon Stroud pointed this out over uh, up rocks in his uh, best and worst of Raw this week. Yeah, how how bulletproof a turn would it have been for Cast to turn during their red hot intro that they do every week? Yes, it's like you can't teach that. Like yeah. Cast boot him in the face during that. Like people would go lose yeah. their mm-hmm. minds. That would have been amazing. Instead of having it be the end of a twenty minute main event segment. Yeah, See, yeah, and I would have. Uh, uh, I would have just done it differently. I like the concept mm-hmm. of uh, you know the you know the surveillance footage and you it know it was me all along. Oh, you know you guys could have brought caught me. <laughs> but just yeah. I just thought the execution could have been a lot better. I thought it was weird that his promo went on so long, and Enzo was just like staring at him, and then after uh, 
Kaz beat Enzo up, Kurt Angle was just like standing there in the entire uh, time. Yeah, Kurt just standing that was there. Just weird. Right. But we got to give Enzo credit where credit is deserved for that, that single tier. <laughs> that tier like completely like just sold it to the next level for I me. I was probably real. It, it was yeah, you can't teach that. <laughs> I, I mean, it's probably, you know, when you have a, um, okay, I'm going to tell you why I say that. Uh, when when you are part of a package like that, Enzo and Cass, and then they and it's hugely popular, and you're making good money and all that, and then they go, hey, by the way, we're breaking you guys up. It's like ah, it's like you you know, it's catastrophic. You think, oh my god, end of the world, mm-hmm. and you know what's going to happen to my money? What's where? What about my spot? Uh, there's a lot of things. So I'm, I can imagine and. You know, Enzo being the the smaller guy, and and Cass being you know the seven foot, three hundred pound, you can't teach that, whatever. Guy, he's probably thinking that he's the one that's going to get the push. You know, so I can understand where, if you know, where Enzo might not be too happy right now about that whole. Because what's going to happen to him? Are they going to have a feud? Are they going to are they going to have mat you know singles matches, like? I would, I would hope they, they at least try to do that. Yeah, they know? could lead it up all the way until SummerSlam, you know, work it, you know, kind of like a heartbreak kind of deal, yeah. and then hopefully have a match at SummerSlam. Because I feel like they would have to do something with it. He just can't hit him at the boot, and then that's it, you know? Yep. So, all right. Yeah. I want Enzo to be Kurt Angle's assistant for a while <laughs> and build up his confidence. Yeah. To leading up to the match against Kaz. Kaz yeah. is another guy like Baron Corbin. I think he's going to hold a world title by the end of the year, or you know, at, in, next year at least. Nice. And I don't, you know, I don't think Enzo's ever going to be at that level. But I wish yeah. that WWE wasn't so opposed to managers because he'd be a dynamite manager for anybody. Oh, yeah, he could be it's great on the commentary crazy. team too. He would be awesome on commentary. Hey, something I want to hit on real quick. Um, did you see the the they they put uh, gender in a match? With uh, Luke Harper. Harper, I don't like that. I don't like I. I like what they're doing with gender, but okay, he's still kind of. There's still some things that we have to smoke and mirrors on with the work. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm just being sure. honest with you, and there's no reason. I just think it was a bad idea to put him in a match like that, and especially like just the way they worked it. So uh, I would have. Um, once he got to the end of it and everything, I think it all worked out good. But just like all leading up to it, I think it exposes things. Especially right now, since they're trying to push gender, we don't want to see the stuff that he's not That's so right. great at, and this shined a light on it. Versus, yeah. we could have kind of been tricked. Sure. Yeah, I thought it was better than the match that Harper and Rowan had at the last pay per view. Oh, that oh, uh, was a tough awful. spot too. Yeah, and they was, were just doing like right. just pro wrestling, like routine pro wrestling spot. We're just, we're just here to fill time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I think it's just kind of a bummer because. Luke Harper is a dude who could be in that Jinder Mahal spot. He's gotten an amazing shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got so much ability and skill on the mic and the ring as a character with charisma. But he's not—he's not like over enough as a babyface, and it's not his fault necessarily. I'm just right. saying, for like, okay, there was just not that much heat during the match. Sure, and this okay. isn't going to do Luke Harper any favors. No, yeah. no, and and it just. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> when, when they said that, the, when, like, before they came back for the last segment, they're, like, coming up, I was like, this, that's the main event? Right. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, it had a hot finish with the Singh brothers and yes. Orton and everything else, but when they, like, 
say that that's going to be their last segment, you kind of go like, huh? Oh, yeah, and that reminds me, we were when we were watching uh, Money in the Bank and we were on uh, getting at the end, getting towards the finish of uh, Jinder and, and Orton, uh, Conan tweeted, oh, let me guess, the Singh brothers are going to interfere, blah, blah, blah. And uh. then I'm like, yeah, that's how you do it. Yeah. Like, I, it's okay, I know it's, it's, you know, and he's like, yeah, but it's so predictable. I'm like, it's predictable to us because we know how, how to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how you get out of that. Sorry, we got to move on. Like, let's just get this over with. We know that works. Let's just stick with that. And, you know, on the next. So I agree with how they did that. And it worked. Because yeah, it could also lead to, like, oh, now we got to keep the Singh brothers away. How are we going to do that? Is this going to be, like, what sort of match are we going to do so that we can get them out? And I feel like yeah. anytime we see the Singh brothers and Randy Orton, I'm just expecting that awesome spot where the Singh brothers just fly. And they know they did it both times, which was awesome. I would do that every single match. Yeah. Orton's, That's just me. Orton's just going to keep finding new ways to kill those <laughs> sure. poor kids. Yeah. He, like, I don't think, like, the impression I get is that Randy's never been in a ring with somebody who weighs that little before. Because he just tosses those dudes. <laughs> and he's surprised. He's yeah. all Every time he picks them up, he's surprised. Yeah. He's like, Ooh, mm, 120. Hey, <laughs> oh, also, I wanted to uh, say that it was really cool to see Baron Von Ratchke, uh, Larry the Axe, Hanny Greg Gagne. Um, who else was over there? Flair, Flair and Slaughter. Flair and Slaughter. Hardly yeah, but we always was supposed see, to be there. Yeah, but, but he, he broke sick. both of his legs. Yeah, he fell and broke yeah. his legs. At his house. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so it was really cool to see those guys get a hell of a pop. Yeah. Especially Larry Heading. Especially. He got a huge one. Especially Baron Von Ratchke, baby. Yeah. That was awesome. The Clawmaster. Yeah. Uh, that's all that people need to know. That was his, that, that was his catchphrase. What is stuff like that? I, I'm always really happy when WWE does because St. Louis is such a wrestling town. Yep. And to be able to acknowledge that and not care about like, oh, maybe the fans at home who are watching because they're always very hesitant to talk about history. Uh, but but I, I just liked I liked that. Yeah. It, it was a good touch. I would have loved because when he did the figure floor for Flair sitting out there, if yeah. he would have went over there and did like everyone's finishing move, like the claw. <laughs> The Cobra Clutch, all that. That would have been great. Hey, guys. So just a friendly reminder to follow us on AfterBuzz TV, uh, Twitter, The Real X-Pac, uh, IG, X-Pac12360, Facebook, X-Pac12360 Show, and buy all those pro wrestling tees at Sean Waltman. And cool. also iTunes. Leave comments. Give us five stars. Five stars are better. There's no more than five stars, so don't do any of that. Unless you're Meltzer. Yeah. There you go. And also leave all your comments on YouTube. Really, really appreciate it. The Meltzer scale is more than five stars now. Oh, you haven't heard that? You haven't heard about that? What? What happened? Oh, uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, he gave uh, Omega Okada six, and everyone lost their minds. And then at Dominion, like two weeks ago, yeah, he they did a Broadway. Yeah, he gave it six and a quarter. Ah, that's great. That's funny as hell to me. Yeah, if you go to Pro Wrestling Tees and and, and you're busy buying those Sean Waltman shirts, you, you can also check out Kenny Omega has a six star. Six star match of the year candidate nice. machine shirt. Nice. Yeah. I dig that. He's the man. Yeah. He's the man. I'm, I'm a Meltzer fan. Too. Yeah, me too. It's yeah. his scale. Yeah. He invented it. That's he right. He can make it go up to whatever he wants. Yeah. And I love it when people, like, you know, are on him about, you know, he only likes Japan. You know, or PWG or any, you know, any of that stuff. Oh, whatever. I, I'm a Meltzer fan. I like Dave. Same yeah. here. It was great to see him in San Francisco, by the way, at the Cow Palace. My abs were way better than his, by the way. <laughs> About as good as uh, John Morrison's 
way better than Dave's. Yeah. But he wasn't expecting to ab, uh, you know, ab he off. Cutting. Yeah. He so. wasn't cutting weight. Anyways. All right. Well, yeah, we're going to come back uh, right after this with uh, Chael Sonnen. Roxy Stryer here from The Tomorrow Show with Kevin Undergaro. We're your twice-weekly broadcast of One Man's Midlife Crisis and the mad millennials in Star Trek uniforms that follow him. And I'm one of those millennials, Lauren Legrasso here. We've had some amazing guests like Russell Simmons, Ileana Douglas, and Craig Gass. Coolio, right? Christian Blatt in the house to tell you to go to thetomorrowshow.com to check us out. We're live every Monday and Thursday from 10 to midnight Eastern. That's thetomorrowshow.com. Be there, be square, whatever that means. Welcome back to X-Pac 12360, and joining us by phone right now is a guy who was on The Celebrity Apprentice this year, uh, one of the most controversial figures in MMA, mm-hmm. and the host of his own extremely successful podcast, You're Welcome, uh, Chael Sonnen, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. All right. Chael, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much for joining me. And, and uh I'm pretty sure everyone knows that this Saturday, um, I'm not sure what number Bellator it is, but it's coming uh, to us live on Spike TV uh, from Madison Square Garden, and you're fighting uh, you're, Vandalay you're Silva. fighting Vandalay Silva, and you guys have a lot of, uh, I mean, you guys kind of have had beef for a while, huh? Oh, man, I, I've been uh, – first off, great to hear your voice, by the way. Congrats on the success of the show. I've been wanting to come on this for a while, and frankly, I've kind of been wondering where the invite was, so I'm glad that it finally – things worked out for old Chael. But, uh, <laughs> you know. You know, I got Vanley Silva. I, Pac, I couldn't stand this guy from the day I met him, and, and he tries to make it like I'm wrong in the situation. Yeah. I try to make it like he's wrong. The reality is I'm sure there, there's plenty of blame to go around, but he and I just never got it right from the beginning uh, and I'm finally, we're finally going to get locked in a cage together Saturday. We're going to figure this thing out one way or the other. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I know I saw, like, okay, the the footage of, of you guys in the van, and he was giving you shit, talking about, you know, how you were you were putting down the Brazil and how you could lose your teeth and all that. Man, I could see you right there. As soon as he said that, I could see, like, the look in your eyes just switch. You know, it was infuriating. He jumps in that van, and I thought it was cool in the gang. I mean, we've been hanging out a little bit. We'd even sparred together some. We were having a perfectly nice day, and he's got a cameraman with him, his own cameraman that he's paying, and all of a sudden he flips the, he flips the, the green button and decides to tell me off. And I, I just thought, well, that, that was a little weird. I mean, we've been together the whole day. Right. You know, why, why, why did you just wait now to start garbling at me? about something he wasn't even involved in. It, it was between me and Anderson Silva, and yeah. somehow he tried to insert insert himself in it, which I, it was just lowbrow. I mean, that, that was some cheap heat. He went for a cheap pop. Yeah, and I think it's... with a smart mark. And I think it's one of those things where, like, these days, if it's not on camera, it didn't happen, right? So he's probably like, well, let me yeah. get this on yeah. camera. If I'm going to say something to him, I want it on camera. No, I think that's right. I just I couldn't help but think it was a little lowbrow to hire your own cameraman. Yeah. I mean, if there was something big enough going on, somebody else would film it. You didn't really need to bring a videographer with you. But and it's uh, not. I can't even remember where the where the bad blood started. But it, I mean, it goes back so long, Puck. It goes back to two thousand and one. I've been trying to get a hold of this guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like I don't know. Um, I, I it's a pretty. It's you guys have a lot of. Uh, a lot of interest in, in the fight, man, because of that. So, I, I mean, for that, it's good. 
Yeah, no, I, I think that's right. I think in that regard, you know, there's there's not very many grudges out there, and nothing is as big as a grudge match. And I'm a fan. I speak to you as a fan. When two guys really want to fight, I want to see it. When a promoter makes two guys fight, I'm a fan. I'll tune in. But it's not the same. It's not the same as when I know two guys really don't like each other. And I've never really been in this spot. I can't remember a time in my career. I had my first fight in 1997. Right. I can't remember a time in my career where, uh, you know, I didn't like the Find out. Uh, you know, I, that, I didn't, that I didn't like a guy. Hey, Puck, I have to apologize to your listeners. Let me let them in on one thing. I'm on the streets of New York City, so there's some hustle and there's some bustle and there's some horns going on. you got to forgive me. Don't even worry, man. Don't even worry. You're going to have fans stopping you soon, taking pictures, wanting to hear. <laughs> All right, you know, I turned, I turned my back a couple of times to avoid some of those, and I felt like a real jerk doing it. But I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> All right, Chell, so I'm, I'm doing like a little happy dance out here in the street. All right, Chell, this is TK calling, or TK here. Um, fellow Oregon Duck, so I'm very excited. That's why I know you're going to win this fight. But I do have a quick question. Um, who do you think is going to win uh, between Mayweather and McGregor? Oh, I can tell you who better win. I mean, Mayweather better win, and he better do it really quickly and really dominantly. You've got a guy who's never lost at boxing against a guy who has never boxed. If, if this story ends any other way than absolute destruction, the entire integrity of the sport of boxing takes a huge blow, and they cannot afford that right now. Yeah, that's true. Do you think? I mean, do you think it's going to go like at least three, four rounds, though? Yeah, I can just tell you that it better not. How, <laughs> but I'm a guy that respects boxing. I used right. to be an amateur boxer. I think that there really is skill to it. I think footwork and speed and combinations and timing does matter. But I have been stunned to find out how many people don't. How many people think? that it's just two guys in pretty good shape throwing punches at one another. I mean, you've got people from the boxing community now already feathering the nest for Floyd's fall and saying this is going to go 12 rounds. You've got some boxing trainers uh, and participants saying that Connor's going to beat him. Wow. I can tell you, as an amateur wrestler, you could bring in any athlete you wanted. I wouldn't care how good he He could be a five-time world champion in some sort. You could bring in LeBron James, a yes. great athlete. If he took on our best wrestler named David Taylor, that match would not last 30 seconds. Right. If you've never done it before, you better not be able to do it very well. Sure. And it just seems to me, Jail, like, okay, uh, a boxer has a lot better chance of stepping into an octagon or a cage and fighting an MMA guy than an MMA guy does getting in the boxing ring, putting on a pair of gloves, and just boxing. Yeah, I think that's right. You know, in boxing, it is a little bit more simple. Now, I still am a believer that uh, that it is a pure sport and that it is a real thing, yeah, yeah. regardless of what public opinion is. I'm a believer of that. But to your point, there is only two things you can do in boxing. You've got a right hand and a left hand. You can only attack the body. You can only attack the head. So, uh, you know, it does give you a couple more options, whereas MMA is so wide open, the learning curve is just much, much longer. Well, uh, sh- this is James here, or Jimbo. <laughs> So, in boxing, what's the ounces of the glove that you wear compared to UFC? I think UFC is like a three-ounce glove. Is that factor Yeah, four-ounce, but yes. Is that a big deal for this fight? Do you think that hinders McGregor or that helps McGregor in his situation? Because he's known to hit harder. You know, when I first saw this, yeah, so Floyd, he definitely, most definitely does not hit harder. And there is no punch from a jab to a cross to a hook to an uppercut, which are the only four legal blows you can land. None of those does he hit even close to as hard as Floyd Mayweather. The misconception there is because Connor's been knocking guys out and Floyd hasn't. What people are missing in their analytics is Floyd is throwing punches at guys who have been trained since they were seven years old 
to roll with, avoid, slip, and deal with punches. Connor's throwing them at an MMA guy like myself. That's not what we do. We do some of that, but then we got to spend 20% of our time on our kicks and 20% of our time on our conditioning and 20% of time on our on our wrestling. So, uh, you know, it's just not what we do. So the analytics on that are way, way off. Connor McGregor cannot hit as hard as Floyd. I'm Team Connor. I'm an MMA guy, but I'm right just on. telling you straight. He cannot hit harder than, than, than Floyd Mayweather in any legal punch. You know, Chael, this this fight uh, between those two is going to put a ton of money in these guys' pockets yeah. and, and the promoters. Um, uh, but, I mean, what's going to be the, like, you know, the, the fallout from this? Like, I mean, is don't you think it's going to really hurt, like, everything overall besides these guys' pocketbooks? Uh, well, you know, I don't think so. I have heard a little talk on that, Pac. I mean, here's the deal. Like, Oscar De La Hoya is on this, this anti- uh, you know, anti Conor McGregor tour right now. And right. He's saying it hurts the boxing community, and I'm kind of scratching my head and going, Oscar, you guys don't have a community. I, I am an amateur boxer. I had aspirations of being on right. the 2000 Olympic team. I will be the first to tell you, there's no such thing as a boxing fan. I was 28 years old when I met my first boxer. There's not one of your listeners right now that's ever boxed before, and I can even remove it one step further. Box, not one of your listeners right now knows a boxer. And <laughs> like, well, sure, Mike Tyson. No, no. You tell me one guy in your junior high, your high school, one guy in your neighborhood, one guy in your family that ever actually put on the gloves and got in the ring on Saturday night. I could go a step further. There's not one of your listeners that could tell me where their local boxing gym is. I could go a step further. There's not one of your listeners that could tell me where you could go to buy boxing equipment. They don't even know the (laughs) store that sells the gloves and the mouthpieces. It it is a fringe sport at best. If you want to be a top ten boxer in the world right now, raise your hand because there's not ten other guys doing it, and that's the reality. Are there any people talking about you're going to hurt the sport of boxing? What sport? Are there any Are there any boxers besides Floyd Mayweather today? Maybe okay, Pacquiao, uh, uh, but uh, that are household names. None, right? Yeah, there's none. They got a guy named Joshua that just beat Klitschko, and I would consider Klitschko a household name, at least for me. Right. And I didn't know who Joshua was. I didn't know if he's a white guy, a black guy, a British guy, a Cuban guy. I had the foggiest idea, and that's not to speak against his skill set. That guy's a stud. It's just right. we don't hear a lot about it anymore. I mean, even Klitschko, heavyweight champion, he's selling out arenas, but it's in Germany. He can't sell anything in America. So North America, we've really dropped the ball as a place. Yeah, and the, the, to me, like the the uh, the only the, the only place that uh, boxing is still really alive is like Mexico. Yeah, that's a great point. It's big in Mexico. I I even hear that it does okay in Ireland, but by okay, I'm talking about a huge fight would draw about forty five hundred people. And I love the sport. This isn't this isn't to degrade the sport. It's just this is a reality. I was an amateur wrestler too. I know what it's like. We worked hard twice a day, every day, to wrestle in front of eighty people on Saturday yeah. night. It's just what it is. A lot of people just don't want to see it. Hey. But when I do hear about the what's good for the sport, it doesn't help either sport. There is no sport. It's simply what's good for business. And this sure. fight is great for business. Sure. I was just wondering, like, okay, you know, after the uh, the uh, Mayweather Pacquiao fight. I, I, think that kind of really like put a damper on things and i was just wondering if you thought that but those were two boxers though yeah so i mean this is this is a spectacle this isn't a boxing match this is a spectacle i think that was the next step was that mayweather fight was a dream match it is a a spectacle yeah it is but chael tell me about how how you're doing right now you've been training hard i'm I'm assuming uh it wasn't that long ago uh since your fight with tito so you must still be in shape from that fight only a few months. 
you were at that. It fight, was only right? a few months, and Pac, I can tell you, I went crazy after that fight. I, I absolutely went crazy. I've never trained so hard. I've never felt so good. Uh, and that was just kind of the motivation I needed. And I really hate when guys say, oh, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. It was something terrible. Right. But in this case, why would nobody call me here in a fucking car? New York City, ladies and gentlemen. Apparently, there was a nice, quiet car waiting here the whole time as I was standing on the streets out there, but nobody thought they should tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I could have been in a car conducting this interview like a professional instead of standing on the street like a doofus, but there you go. So what did you focus on after this Tito fight to be prepared for Vandalay? Uh, you know, it, it, it was just more a motivation thing. I haven't been a motivated athlete in over 10 years. I've just been a disciplined athlete. I go to practice when I'm supposed to go. I do what's asked of me, but I never wanted to be there. It was just uh, it was just part of the process, and you can't control that. I hear coaches tell athletes all the time, you got to want it. you got to have desire. I pull those coaches aside and say, you got to be real careful with that because that's not something they can control. They can only control getting in the car, getting their gear changed, and doing what's asked of them. They can't control how bad they want it. That, that's yeah. not a human emotion that we can handle. But I have, I have got re-motivated for my first time in, in a decade, and it just makes it a little easier. The practices are the same. i got to do the same thing. It just changes when that clock ticks 3 o'clock, and i got to get in the car and head out the door. It just makes it a little yeah. easier. Hey, uh, you know, when, when the when the Mitrione and, and Fedor fight fell through a uh, a little while back, you were ready to jump right in that fight and fight Fedor. Hello? Guys, will you ask that one more time? Yeah, My mother gonna... interrupted me. My mother's 70, and she's trying to kick heroin again. So <laughs> I've got to deal with... To have her give me a I've call. I, I can tell her how to do that. So... <laughs> Anyways, I have personal experience. X Pac actually supports your decision. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I was saying, Chael, is is uh, when the when the Mitrion Fedor fight fell through the first time, you were there, ready to step in and fight Fedor at, at a moment's notice. I thought that was amazing. Oh, I was begging them. I was begging them. You know, again, that that came off the heels of of being embarrassed by right. the, the worst fighter in the sport. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to get back in there so bad. And I don't know why that didn't happen. I mean, I was there. He was there. I was licensed. He was licensed. He was clean. He could pass the test. I could basically pass the test. I mean, I thought that I thought that they should they should make the match. What do you mean by basically pass the test? <laughs> what does that? Well, mean? you know, fairly. Like I don't want to be judged like everybody else. I don't want you know like nothing in my system. I right. want to be judged more of like on a curve. Like sure. last time it was seven things. I think like two or three is probably the sweet spot. Oh, right on. <laughs> hey, child. This is Denise. Nice to meet you. Uh, so I want pleasure to, ask, to be met. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you. You know, you're fighting at 205 pounds. After this, are you going to go back down to 185? I don't think so. I, I like to stay at 205, and then over in Bellator, they even do a lot of catchweight fights. Uh, nice. King Mo just fought Rampage at a catchweight fight. I, I just want to fight where there's, uh, you know, wherever there's opportunity, and, and that might mean going down to 185. But uh, I haven't heard any talks of that, and I'm definitely not going to volunteer for it. Do you, are you looking? For, are you only just looking to uh, to Saturday your fight against Vanderlei, or are you looking uh, past that at all to who you might want to fight after that? Uh, no, I'm just looking at Vanderlei right now. Okay. But um, you know the division is so open, and again, to, to come back to the last question, there is different weight classes. There is different opportunities. I think I got brought over to Bellator to be a 185 pounder, but I haven't right. fought in that division yet. So you know, I hear talks about Fedor, and that's moving up to heavyweight. So. 
I guess it's just a, a situation of keeping options open right now. And um, also, how do you think how do you think Mitrione's going to do in there against Fedor? I think Mitch Rayland's going to do real well. You know, yeah, yeah. Fedor's up and down, and all those guys that made their careers in Japan, you never know what you were seeing. That referee had an earpiece in, and there was somebody telling him what to do when that fight was supposed to be yep. over. So you never knew really what you were getting in Japan. You damn when right, Fedor's you did. In America, he's got a yeah. When he's in America, his record's three and three, and hey. it's not to disparage him, but this is just the reality under sanctioned fights uh, of competitive nature. He's batting five hundred. I think sure. that Mitch Rayland is. Uh, you know, got some big advantages, and, and size is one of them. The first time they were supposed to fight, they at least made it to the weigh-in, and Mitrion was 20 pounds bigger. And I, I think that could matter. And I don't mean any offense by this if anyone takes takes any, but uh, when when you're fighting in Japan, there's no drug testing. Those guys could take whatever they want. And when you're c- coming over here, oh, it's yeah. a different story, man. And when you all of a sudden you used to being able to take stuff, and then you come in and, and you got to cut that out cold turkey, God. Geez, I can only imagine how that must affect somebody. Well, and then rules. Oh, yeah, no, that, that, the guys that came over, Vandalay's one of them. You know, he, he leaves Japan, he comes to America, yep. all of a sudden he's the incredible shrinking man. I mean, you don't have to put on your Columbo rain jacket to figure out how that happened. <laughs> uh, just one more <laughs> thing, <laughs> sir. Culture, though. Yeah. And as much as you say that, he wasn't even breaking the rules. There were no rules to break. Exactly. He didn't do a thing wrong. Yeah, you could do damn near anything over there. Like, um, I, re- I remember... Um, the story of uh, Shamrock and, and Don Fry fight. I heard that Don Fry had oxygen given was given oxygen in the corner in between rounds. Oh, that's amazing! I think that's I genius. I hadn't heard that, but that's amazing. That's genius. That I think that's great. If there's no rule against it, why not? It's called a competitive why advantage. Why would yeah. Competitive ad- advantage, not cheating. No, that's right, and a, and a little credit for his creativity on that as well. Yeah, hey, Chael, I remember when I uh, when I was on your show the first time, we talked about uh, the fact that you actually went to the power plant, WCW power plant. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and hard, hard, hard as hell, Pac. It was yeah. hard as hell. I I went for the tryout phase. They used to advertise that during Nitro. Hey, call this number if you if you want to be a pro wrestler. So I called it one day, and I told my dad, and he got me a ticket and sent me out there. It was right after my sophomore year of college. And it was just a tryout, though, and Sarge was still running it. And it was so hard. I was in great shape. I was an All-American that year. It's in yeah. great shape. I can only tell you how difficult this was. Only me and two other guys made it through. Everybody else was done in the very first day. Uh, but I don't even know how the other two guys made it through. It was so hard. Yeah, it's, I'm, sure they put, I'm sure they had you do at least 500 squats right off the bat. Oh, constantly. And then you want to know one of the things with the, with the squats. This was Sarge's big deal. Is he turned a, a white five-gallon bucket upside down, yeah. and he set that behind you. And every time you squatted, you had to throw your hands up, come up on your toes, but your butt had to hit that bucket. And the problem with that is you can't see the bucket. So yeah. you're just dropping all your weight onto it every time to make sure you don't get a miss. I mean, Sarge was so hard, and we respected him so much. We were going to hit that bucket. Well, over time, the lip of that bucket began cutting into my ass. Brutal. And it, it, I mean, of all the pains that I have, it was my poor ass running into that bucket all day long <laughs> uh, that, that hurt the most. It was very, it was very tough, man. I really respect the guys that come through that that tryout process and, and, and the power plant as a whole. I mean, nobody really understands how hard pro wrestlers had to train. You don't. And I'll tell you another takeaway I had is they tore the cage, they tore the ring down in front of me one night right. to take it over to a local regional show. That ring is made out of nothing. But plywood and iron. Yeah. There was one little piece of, of like a, a carpet pad 
But other than that, those guys are taking bumps on iron and plywood. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the thing about uh, about those, you know, the squats and the push-ups and all that, they they work you until you're damn near dead. And then the old uh, the old trick was once they get you that tired, then they get you in the ring, and then they have their way with you. Did they try to do that to you, Chael? Uh, one guy, one guy did, and I didn't know the respect factor on it. Like, I, 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 I did not want to come in and puff up at all. There was one day when Sarge actually had us amateur wrestle. And, I, you know, these guys, I had just, be, I just finished an All-American season, and I didn't really know how to do it. Like, they were above me, and I, right. I didn't want to come in and, and hurt anyone's feelings. But I also, I'd never been trained in doing it other than the one way, which is as hard as I knew. Right. There was a guy out there named Prince Iakea. And oh, yeah. I had accidentally caught him in a knee bar. And the second I did, I let it go. Well, he knew enough about grappling to know the position I had him in. And uh, we finished a spot and everything. And he came back, and he'd already made it. He was doing good. And he was doing some dark matches and even breaking into the TV. And he came aside and uh, really thanked me. Uh, you know, hey, thank you for stopping. And, and now I know I can trust you. I just thought that was a cool thing to do. Uh, because I didn't belong there. That was his home. I didn't belong there. Uh, and he went out of his way to tell me thanks. And I, I've always appreciated Prince Ikea to this day because of that. Oh, yeah. So you didn't feel like that was like just a, uh, a running guys off tactic that they that they pulled on you, just trying to get you to go away, get your money? Uh well, you know, there was a little bit of that, but, I mean, they were pretty straight up front with us in the very beginning. They just said, you know, this is really tough, and we have to yeah. know who wants it. And when we get you sore and we get you tired and give you an opportunity to quit, we know we need to know right now who's going to take that opportunity. And and then they span that into other things, you know, like life on the road and just, you know, the bumps and the bruises you take. And can you move yeah. forward in, in spite of that? And, I mean, that was their theory behind it. And they got a pretty tough crew of guys out there. So if, that, if that's the way you got to go through to get it, then that's what you got to go through. Yeah. So, Chael, it's still not too late, man. It's not too late for you to get into pro wrestling. I know you did that little thing with at, at Global Force Wrestling in Vegas. And uh, what was the deal with Phil Baroni? You know, I, I had so much fun doing that. I, I've never known what was up with Baroni. I, I talked to Jeff Jarrett on my own podcast, and, right. and, I, and I think he, uh, I think he leaked something he didn't mean to, which meant the whole thing was set up. But he tried to, he tried to tell me that Phil went off script and into business for himself. So I think Jeff stepped in it a little bit. Yeah. But, that's the life of a worker, man. I gotta respect it, guys. This is so rude. I hate to jump on you, but I, I gotta run. I gotta I gotta promote this fight Saturday. You, hey, man. Good luck on Saturday, Chael. I'll be in I'll be in England, so I won't be able to see it live. But uh, I'm I'm wishing you the best, man. I, I have confidence and faith that that you'll uh, pull out the W uh, against Vanderlei, man. Good luck and thank you so much for coming I, on, Chael. I appreciate you. Travel safe. Enjoy your time uh, with Dr. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. With uh, Officer Delgado. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You remember. <laughs> I hope I don't run into him on the way back into I the country. <laughs> Damn, you got a good uh, memory, right. Chael. Thank you, man. See you guys. All right, Thanks, man. Bye. Bye, man. All right. Awesome. Well, anyway, hey, we'll come, we'll come back in a little bit here. Uh, we're going to take a real quick break. We'll be right back. Hey guys, Maria Menounos here. We want to let you know about my new show on Sirius XM Stars Channel 109. It's called Conversations with Maria, and it's live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Go to conversationswithmaria.com for more info. Buzz you later. 
And we're back here on X Puck One Two Three Sixty. I want to thank my friend Chael Sonnen for coming on and uh, talking about some things, including the fight coming up with Vanderlei Silva, uh, and talking about the stuff at the power plant. I talked to Chael about that before on his show, and I just thought it was interesting that That's they tried awesome, to run him man. through like that, you know. So, uh, anyways, I, you know, like I said before, I'm getting on a plane in the morning and hopefully yeah, you'll gonna... leave for England in the morning. Yep. You'll be at Tribute to the Troops for uh, Preston City Wrestling. Yep, PCW. Uh, you can go to www.britwrestling.com. There are a few tickets left. You'll be in a six-man tag there. Yep. And then following week after that, we got Get High Watch Wrestling 3 at the Largo in Los Angeles. Uh, tickets are still available. Go to ronfunches.com for those. It's June 29th at 9.30. Yes. And then July 8th. You have an appearance at the Wrestling Guy store in Huntington Park, California. You'll be doing signings and pictures and possibly a podcast. Yes, yeah, so if, if we can get that done before I have to get on a plane that evening and uh, fly to Texas, uh, that would be great. I would love to do a, 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 live, uh, podcast, a live show from there, That'd from the awesome. Wrestling Guy store. Yeah. Oh, man. Now I just forgot something I was going to say. Oh, damn it. Oh, well, it must not have been that important. Uh. You can always tweet about it later. Yeah. Was it about so. the wrestling guy store sign? Oh, I or? was just going to say about the about the Get High Watch Wrestling show with, with Ron, uh, you know, we changed the venue to uh, the, the Largo, and that's that's over on La Cienega. Not that far. I don't think it's that far from... No. Uh, from the old, from the other venue, Largo's uh, a much more comfortable venue than this yeah, too. yeah. That's from what I it's a tad bit bigger. Yeah, and so you know we were kind of busting out of, of the other venue. Anyways, it was you know sold out the last two times. I think we turned people away, but uh, um, you know I'm pretty sure uh, you know we you know we congratulated uh, John Morrison and Taya Taya Forster on their on their engagement and. Mm-hmm. Um, not going to hold them to it, but I'm pretty sure they said they were coming. Yeah, I believe both of them will be there. Yes, to celebrate their engagement with I, us. I think Pentagon and Phoenix might be there as oh, well. Oh, that would be amazing. So, yeah, definitely come check it out. Yes, yes I'm coming. And I'm also, I'm, uh, from what I hear, the Lucas Brothers are going to be there. They're going to be the, the special oh, guests. Yes. Wow. Yeah, big fans of the uh, Lucas Brothers. I was on a show called Friends of the People with them. Yeah, we did a little skit, uh, just a little skit on there. It was fun. Uh, And, you know, they have Lucas Brothers Moving Company, which is an animated uh, series. That's Uh, amazing. uh, They're big lovers of pro wrestling, so uh, really hoping to see them. And uh, hoping to see everyone else that's in uh, uh, listening, viewing distance. uh, Well, listening, that's listening or or watching right now. I hope to see you if uh, you're in the SoCal area next Thursday. And uh, what else, Jimbo? That's all. Is that it? Yeah. Wow. Those three are your upcoming events that we got going on right now. Cool. Anything from you, Bill? What's going on with uh, uh, with Spandex? Uh, just still plugging along like always. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we're going to have uh, this week, end of this week, we're going to have our WCW Nitro um, recap, our yes. retro recap that you are going to be. Uh, have a match in there oh, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. you can read about uh, a very interesting maneuver that you uh, came up with for that match yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah just plug it away we, we put out our mini documentary and our uh, our long form about Glacier it was great 
It was an excellent uh, piece that you guys Thank did. You I was much. very happy to spread the word on that. Yeah, uh, very cool. Brad, he's one of Brandon Stroud's all-time favorite wrestlers, and it really shows in the long form. We spent a lot of time working on it and working on the video, and we're really happy with how it came out, and we're happy to now be friends with Ray Lloyd, who's one of the m- nicest, most genuine people you'll ever meet. Always. I mean, the number one thing I think about when I when I think of Ray is just such a nice... Not that, like, you know, nothing against any of his wrestling skills. He was very, very solid wrestler. Um, but just so nice. So freaking nice. I mean, that's just... That sticks out in my... In, in my mind, yeah, I think that's a good thing to to think about. Like when you think of somebody, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, it was weird. All the people we talked to, it seemed like a third of the people that actually were in the same company as him, yeah, never interacted with him or didn't have anything to say about him because they didn't know him that well. Everyone else loved that guy to death. Yeah. Go to the ends of the world for that guy. Like, well, you know, like in, in WCW, there was a kind of a separation a little bit. Like yeah. like certain guys dressed in a certain dressing room. Uh, sure. Like, for instance, I'm going to tell you, when I went to WCW for my tryout, and it was at center stage, there was two dressing rooms. One for the guys that were, like, you know, getting a push or full-time guys, and the other for, like, underneath guys and, like, you know, enhancement talent. Mm-hmm. And so when I got there, I went right into the dressing room and put my shit down where you know where the t- top guys were <laughs> and everyone was looking at me like who the hell are you I didn't care yeah. you know and the, you know like the guy that stood out to me that was a nice to me there was Ron Simmons oh wow yeah I never forgot that yeah. and we had, you know obviously later on we uh, developed a, a friendship and all that that's for another time I'd like to get <laughs> Ron on the show well but, you can check out everything at withspanix.com at uproxx.com yeah. slash pro wrestling and you can follow me on twitter at uh, sundown motel Sundown Motel. I love. Tell me about that. Why? Why Sundown Motel? Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sundown Motel. Uh, there's a band that I really loved, uh, that I still love, but uh, that I really loved when they were around called Staves Acre. I have a Staves Acre tattoo right here on my uh, elbow. Uh, super into them. And uh, I was uh, listening to one of their albums that I. I there's one album that, of theirs that I, I've written probably four different screenplays to. They just put it on right. Um, there's a few albums that I have that are just like, I've created so much while listening to it. And the second or third track on the album is called Sundown Motel. Uh, okay. And I needed a, I needed a name for a, a handle back in the AOL Instant Messenger days. Uh, so I picked Sundown Motel, and I just kept using that name everywhere I went. I was, it's crazy, because I was going to ask you if, you if you got that Twitter handle from, from that song, Sundown Motel. Yep. Just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, at, Never heard of it. At, 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 this, at this point, it's just, it's just, I've been using it so long, it's just my personal brand. I just think it's so, kind of cool. Yeah, thank you. I could have asked you that off air, but I don't know. Oh, I yeah. just felt like now it's everyone on, should now know. Now it's on the record. Yes, it is. Yeah. Unless we cut it out. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> hey, I appreciate everyone for uh, for joining us this week, and uh, we'll see you all next week right here on X-Pac 12360. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Jimbo Frank and TK Trinidad, managing producer of AfterBuzz TV Wrestling Mark Donica, and the entire X-Pac 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow X-Pac on Twitter at TheRealXPac and email us at xpac12360show at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the AfterBuzz TV Network. Buzz you later!